0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Hi, everybody. Cheryl from Unleashed. And today I am thrilled to have Dr. Carol Osborne on my show. She is a renowned veterinarian she deals in traditional and alternative veterinary medicine and she was voted the national vet to be certified as a diplomat of the american board of anti-aging medicine she has a practice in triggin falls in ohio welcome doctor i'm so glad you could be here happy new year oh happy new year
0: thank you so much for having me
1: did i leave out anything that you want our listeners to know
0: No, I think it was just absolutely fine. Wonderful.
1: So I'm glad that I have you on because I want to talk about vaccines. I just adopted a big puppy, Tilly McGee, about four and a half months ago. She's a year, maybe 11 months old. And now there is this, this flu that's out amongst dogs. And I do take her to the dog park every single day. And I have some questions about some of the vaccines. I did get her the first flu vaccine and we're going to go back in two more weeks. It'll be three weeks for the booster. And from what I understand, you could get, the dogs could get a flu at any time of the year. It's just not winter like with us, but can they catch it from us and can we catch it from them?
0: The flu. So flu or influenza Is, to the best of my knowledge, not transmissible from people to pets or pets to people? When is flu most prevalent? You know, when when it's kind of cold and nasty out like it is now. So the times of the year that you and I, Cheryl, would be, you know, most susceptible to getting flu would equal that, you know, for your dog, for Miss Tilly. So there's plenty of flu going around, especially at this time of the year for your pet loving listeners uh, that live in areas, you know, where we have the four seasons, uh, winter being the season at hand. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, I'm in Florida, but I've been reading about it and I don't want to take a chance because it can lead, I think, to pneumonia. And I don't really know, you know, I don't want to have a problem. So I went ahead and did it and I'm going to have the booster. But one of my friends and we all go to the dog park, I could tell from the people who go, these people do care for their animals. You go to a vet's office and nowadays, there's like a waiting list, you know, you're in the waiting room. I mean, so what I'm seeing is people are taking care of their pets. But my friend's dog got kennel cough, and the dog had the shot in January. Now, is the shot to be given once a year or should it be given twice a year?
0: That's another great question. So let's go back to your friend for a minute. She got the kennel cough vaccine, I think you said in January? Yes. When did the dog get kennel cough?
1: About a month and a half ago. At the dog park, definitely, because the dog just started to go to the dog park.
0: Okay. So great point. In areas of the country where kennel cough is very, very common, in other words, like where I live, it's everywhere, we recommend that dogs get boosted every six months.
1: Okay. And
0: that's primarily so the dog doesn't leave the kennel or or wherever he or she happens to be, you know, with that nasty hacking cough. And it's also important to remember that even if you do get your pet boosted, and we're talking about the Bordetella or kennel cough vaccine twice a year, it doesn't mean that your dog isn't going to get kennel cough. It just means that if he or she does come into direct contact with kennel cough, and does actually get the disease that the course of the D's will be milder. It will be shorter and your pet will recover much more quickly.
1: Right. Cause this dog I think is like seven years old. And you know, when you go to these dog parks and it's a nice park, it's brand new. Like I said, great dogs, a lot of oodle doodles. I mean, they come in every kind of oodle before. Right. <laughs> and some of them are so big. They look like, you know, uh, polar bears, but, You know, they all drink out of the same water. Even though they do like their own private little water, they do, and I call it like dating. Two of them, three of them, they put their paws in. You know, they're dogs. You know, they roll around, they dig holes, but they have wonderful times. And it's I think it's wonderful for socialization. I mean, my dog, she knows the clock is ticking and she knows she's going. And she goes every single day unless it rains. Or it snows, but we don't live in the snow. <laughs> but it's a wonderful thing for them to be able to have that. And also, I want to talk about rabies. You know, I've always heard rabies one year. They have rabies vaccines now for three and five years.
0: Is that so? Yeah. I'm not sure about the five year. I'm very sure about the three year. Three years been pretty common, at least here in Ohio. Usually the puppy gets a one year and then after that, the shots are valid for three years. The shots themselves, according to titers that we do uh, up here in Ohio, sometimes can last uh, six, seven or longer as far as how long the protective antibodies, you know, stay in in your dog's body.
1: So should I get Tilly a one year or three years? I mean, how much more stuff are they putting in there? That's I mean, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all.
0: Right. No, I I hear you loud and clear. Has Tilly ever had a rabies shot before? Yes.
1: Yes. When I got her from the shelter,
0: she's got all her shots. Okay. Well, if she had her first shot, that would have by law been a one-year shot. Right. So your choices right now would be the next vaccine would normally be a three-year vaccine if you're going for the vaccine. And some people run titers. Uh, Titer is just a blood test that documents whether or not an individual has a protective level of internal immunity for the disease in question, which this time is rabies. So that's an option that you may or may not want to consider. Titers cost more than vaccines. They're only valid for one year, but some people don't want to put all those extra vaccines you know, in their dogs, anti-vaxxers or whatever we're calling them these days. And for those people, titers are definitely a valid consideration. So that's a good idea,
1: but you know, because you never know. I mean, there are some dog parks in my area. I know all the dogs where we go and the people, and that makes it all the better for both of us. Sure, but you just never know what people what they have given their dogs. You know how many male dogs come in there and they're not fixed, and all they want to do is hump. You yeah, <laughs> like it's like a porn show sometimes. But yeah, you know, because they want to have that one litter like we need any more dogs on this right, planet. Right,
0: right. Right. You know, there, there's the good and the bad right now, to my knowledge, everything you said about dog parks, socialization, exercise, getting out there, it's the best it can be. What's the downside? The downside is you never really know the health status of that other dog, but certainly you can do your due diligence. We talked about, you know, kennel cough, it's spread by, you know, direct, contact just like covid it's also spread you know the coughing and sneezing and all those little droplets in the air and then you know it gets on your clothes and everything like that and it's important to realize that flu is something called uh it's a bronchitis type situation so kennel cough is actually a tracheobronchitis which in english is an infection of the upper part of your airways not down deep in the lungs it's it's up high Ah, uh, the coughing is so deep and so awful. It it you know it, it sounds like they're gonna hack out a lung. lung. And this dog brings stuff up, brings up. Yeah, blood. And, and, right. A lot of times the coughing is so severe that it actually causes vomiting because that's how hard they're coughing. Now, normally, normal cases of kennel cough they heal up pretty quickly within you know ten to thirty days tops. Right. But sometimes. If it doesn't want to heal and the pet doesn't seem to be responding, well, maybe the dog's got flu instead of kennel cough, which, you know, your veterinarian can swab the throat and the nose and send it to the lab and get a definitive diagnosis that way uh, too. But all these viruses, they lower your immunity, yours, mine, the dog's, everyone's. So that's when those secondary bacteria can move in, like you said, and cause pneumonia or make the condition even worse.
1: I thought I was told, you know, and I'm. You'll let me know. Sure. If you walk down the street and a dog passes you by with kennel cough. Your dog might very well be able to get it, depending. That's exactly correct.
0: that is exactly correct, Cheryl. It's very contagious. Like I said, it's you know, it's kind of like COVID or what's going on on right now with people. I mean, you you walk by someone or you say hello, and the next morning you wake up and you know you've got the sore throat and you don't feel that well. So airborne transmission is um, very common, very infectious. So, you know, good personal hygiene. If you're worried about your pet, don't take him to the dog park.
1: (laughs) You know, the vet's tech said that to me. I don't take my dogs to the dog park. Well, your poor dogs, because my dog is having a ball. And when I bring her home, because she plays with the dogs, they roll around and they wrestle. I wash her down every day. Whatever cooties quotes that she might (laughs) get from another dog. But, you know, you got to go by the people too. These people, they really have a love for their dogs because nobody's standing out in that heat there every single day unless they really love their animal. Of course, we all agree that a tired dog is a good dog. So there is a method to our madness. But what would be the symptoms of, say, the flu for the dogs, just like the coughing? Do their nose runs like us?
0: Absolutely. Uh, The signs of flu in your dog are pretty much the same as they would be for you and I, Cheryl. So we've got the coughing, we've got the sneezing. Sometimes, you know, you don't feel good. So you're a little bit lethargic. Uh, Usually if you have the flu versus kennel cough, you have a fever. Understanding that the normal rectal temperature of a dog is uh, 101.5 so your dog will get a fever, 103, 104. Oh. And then when you have a fever, you, the dog, whoever it might be, you don't feel good. You're kind of lethargic. You're kind of mopey. You're probably not real hungry. So when it's kennel cough, there's no fever. There's no lethargy. Your appetite is good. You're perfectly normal, except you have this cough that is just terrible. When you have the flu, you got the same deep cough you might have sneezing, then you usually have the fever, you're lethargic, you know, and you're off your food. So those are pretty easy signs to help people differentiate which situation they think that they might have.
1: Are you giving a lot of the flu vaccinations for where you live? Are you finding that people are adhering to it? Because there's been a lot of stuff in the press about it.
0: Yes, you're exactly correct. This is the time of the year when the flu is out there. And a lot of people are traveling at this time of the year, vacations, et cetera. So many kennels are requiring not only the kennel cough vaccine, but also the influenza vaccine, which if you have a pet that is in the vicinity of other dogs, going to the dog park, doggy daycare, facilities, rescues, grooming facilities, even veterinary offices, I think it's a valid consideration to discuss with your vet if you know, that vaccine would be beneficial for your particular dog. Yeah.
1: You know, maybe they'll come out with a mask for dogs now. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> It'll be called the Bow Wow. Right. The, the Bow Wow. I love it. I love it. And, you know, if you think your dog does have the flu, first of all, don't panic. Isolate your dog and call your veterinarian. And then you and your veterinarian will discuss the situation and come up with a treatment plan accordingly. There's also all kinds of natural home remedies that pet owners can use to boost up your immunity and help them prevent these diseases altogether. Or if you, you know, end up with the cough, etc., to shorten the course and get your pet healthier, faster.
1: We're gonna break now for a commercial. We'll be right back.
0: Take a bite out of your competition.
1: Hi, everybody. We're back. And today I have Dr. Carol Osborne. And we're talking about vaccines and all different remedies and things to keep your pets safe. So I know how you feel about feeding your dogs, cooking for them. I don't cook for Tilly, but I do give her pumpkin every morning. She is wild for pumpkin. <laughs> wild about it.
0: Now, Giddy. why do you give her the pumpkin?
1: She loves it. Well, when I first got her, she is the Terminator. She could knock things off the wall and leave the nails. She got into my vitamins. I don't know how she did it, but she ate all my vitamins and started to throw up. And, you know, when a dog throws up, it's serious, especially if it continues. So I had to take it to the vet and uh, we, you know, had a nice picture of her colon. (laughs) <laughs> she likes all stuff that could get snagged on it, you know, plastics. She was a rescue and she was in a cage chained outside. Uh-huh. She is the sweetest thing in the world, but she needs to be trained and she's coming around. Of course, you know, I had to put a 39-inch gate in my kitchen because she is also a surfer. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> she, yeah, no, she but she's wonderful and I don't care because I'm madly in love and it doesn't really matter. When she started to throw up, I did the, you know, boiled chicken and rice, and that seemed to help. And I read that pumpkin, you know, I read up on all the all the uh, vegetables and all the things that are good for dogs to eat and the ones that they shouldn't eat. And she is just, she has pumpkin every morning with her dry food. And it seems to be working. She weighs 43 pounds. When I got her, she was 38 or 39.
0: You were nice enough to send me that little picture of her, and, and she's- That a, little just, picture of her? You
1: see how big? Be- isn't she beautiful? Oh. She's very, very good looking. <laughs> now, she's got a box of head and the rest of the body. She's fast, though. She's fast as a whip. Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? What about dog's eyesight? She's like into me throwing her the ball. And sometimes she'll catch it on the bounce. But sometimes she- Maybe she's colorblind, because I think <laughs> she needs glasses.
0: I think that dogs don't see colors distinctly like you and I. What they see is sort of various shades of gray, if you will. So she's probably not colored blind. I haven't run into that situation.
1: See, I'm colorblind and the ball is orange and blue. And I could barely see it when it's laying in the, you know, when she brings it back. But sometimes she misses it. Maybe it's because she's fast. Because we all laugh about it and say, Tilly needs glasses. And I ask people, did you ever see dogs with glasses? Maybe (laughs) the sun is in her eyes. We wear sunglasses. Dogs don't have that luxury.
0: Sure they do. They make doggles, which are sunglasses for dogs. Oh, wow. Yeah, D-O-G-G-L-E-S. I'm going to look into that. That might be something. Yeah, which in Florida is not a bad idea at all, I might say. You know, when it comes to pumpkin, pumpkin is a source of soluble and insoluble fiber. And what that means is that it can be helpful for diarrhea as well as constipation. You want to make sure that you're not using pumpkin pie filling, which is all No, sugar. no, I'm
1: using pure pumpkin, yes.
0: But it's just regular pumpkin. And if you have a dog that's about 45 pounds like Tilly, you could give her a couple of teaspoons a couple times a day. If you give too much pumpkin, it leaches out the vitamins in her food. So pumpkin is good. The correct amount is beneficial. Giving too much can be detrimental.
1: Yeah, I give her like two teaspoons, two tablespoons, but I give her probiotics because the vet that I went to thought whatever in the colon will, you know, it'll go quicker. And that seems to help too. Now I've got her down to probiotics only in the morning when she's much more active because by the time I bring her home five, six o'clock, that's it for the evening other than her walks. And I walk right. her a lot. You
0: know? Right. No, probiotics are those nice, healthy bacteria that, Uh, Let your dog's body absorb the nutrients uh, in the diet. Probiotics are good for everyone and everything. Essential to life for sure. Sounds like you're doing quite well, Cheryl.
1: Oh, thank you. But I mean, she's just, it's a lot of work, but I love it. I mean, it changed my whole life, my whole scheduling, but I don't mind it. And for me, I enjoy going to the park with her at the end of the day also. And, you know, animals know by the clock in their head what time it is and that she's going. And I laugh because I say, okay, get dressed because she sees me put on my shoes and I don't want her to feel left out that she's got nothing to get ready with. So I said, oh, get dressed. And that's it for her, boy, I'll tell you. And she runs around and has friends there and the people are nice. So I'm making friends. You know, you if you want to make friends, get a dog, get a dog and walk the dog. It's the best exercise you could get. So Anything else
0: that we left out? Well, I will just say uh, very quickly, as far as home remedies to boost immunity and help to ward off these flu viruses, etc. vitamin C, 500 milligrams a couple times a day. If you have a 25-pound dog, cut the dose in half. The vitamins that I would take? Well, these are for, well, you can take it too, but these are for the dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> to uh, home remedies to boost immunity, and help ward off dog flu and kennel cough and all those respiratory viruses that are lurking right now.
1: And where do you get this from, a vet?
0: Vitamin C, you can get on the counter, amazon.com, any, anywhere you like. It's available almost anywhere. So vitamin C for dogs, that's what I look up. I would just look up vitamin C myself. Yeah, for your dog, you want to go with about 500 milligrams twice a day. For dogs that are affected with the virus and coughing, etc. Locally grown or manuka honey, anywhere from a teaspoon to a couple teaspoons three or four times a day. It's a natural cough suppressant and dogs like it. They'll lick it right off the spoon. If they're coughing every three to four hours, you can steep a pot of tea. You can also use honey and lemon together. Again, natural cough suppressant. You can add um, a tablespoon of licorice root to a, a couple cups of cold water. Boil the solution, make sure you got your tea bag in there, and then add it a tablespoon of honey to each tablespoon of licorice and give a couple tablespoons to your dog before each meal. That might be too complicated.
1: No, I I make a hot toddy for me when I don't feel well. I love a teaspoon of honey.
0: Yeah, you just have
1: to let it cool. I remember, I'll take it every day. It's the only thing that doesn't go bad is honey, ever.
0: Yeah, and if you're, you're making tea with lemon and honey, just make sure to cool it before you share a cup with your pooch. And if you're into essential oils, a few drops of cinnamon, eucalyptus, and lavender. Mix that with a half an ounce, 15 cc's of distilled water, and put that in your diffuser. That'll go through the air, which is excellent. It smells good, and, and it's very helpful. And the colostrum, about 500 milligrams per 25 pounds of body weight, something that will boost immunity.
1: Oh, that's wonderful to know. And what about Tacoma Dog? What do you recommend? Anything I could put in the air? They have this thing called Stop That, which uh, it's like an aerosol. You hit the button, and it makes a puff of air, which gets their attention, and then it releases lavender. Lavender is relaxing, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Lavender is relaxing. Chamomile, there's three kinds of chamomile. That's also relaxing. And you can use that. I use a a combination of blue cypress and three types of chamomile as an essential oil. And I just throw a few drops on the pet's back when they walk in the office. Again, it's uh, like having a little glass of wine. It just helps to take the edge off. (laughs) Oh,
1: that I have to to do then. That'll be wonderful.
0: Yeah, it smells great. There's no downside. Of course, you need to make sure that the essential oils are made for your specific pet, a dog in this case, but they're absolutely wonderful. And if you have a question, you know, always talk to your veterinarian so that you don't make a mistake. That's true.
1: I want to ask you, in your practice, do you collect blood donations, dogs donating blood?
0: Oh, no, we don't do blood transfusions at, at our clinic. Many do. And we even have blood banks for pets now, you know, that might need a transfusion. Yeah, for, that's,
1: what, that's but, what I'm asking about, because I think one donation could help like 12 or 15 dogs.
0: I'm sure that you're right about that. You know, I would just look locally into the resources that you have and see what they have to say. But um, there's certainly every advantage to uh, donating blood.
1: Oh, so that would be, I could do that with Tilly is what I'm asking. I mean, she's young.
0: Yeah. You would need to talk to the resources. You know, you'd need to make some calls. I think I would simply ask your veterinarian if something like that is, you know, possible in your location because I'm not honestly sure. Okay. Well, I
1: appreciate all of your knowledge and I know how to reach you if I have any more questions.
0: Absolutely. If uh, any of your pet-loving listeners want to reach us, we welcome calls coast-to-coast. Our new toll-free number is 855 372-2765 372-2765 or one eight five five. 855 doctor carol D-R-C-A-R-O-L. Online, chagrinfallspetsclinic.com or drcarol.com, which is uh, D-R-C-A-R-O-L.com. Got a blog on there with over 1,500 articles that I write for the most part myself, addressing uh, every topic you can imagine in pets from A to Z. So uh, give us a visit or a call. We'd love to chat.
1: I have to tell you, Dr. Carroll, every time I look up something on the Internet, they quote you. Really? Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was some article for Good Housekeeping about vaccines.
0: Oh, Oh, well, thank you. I I didn't even know that, but I'm very pleased to hear that. You're famous. (laughs) well thank you very much Cheryl and I I wish you and Miss Tilly a wonderful Happy New Year and I'd always be glad to chat in the future if you ever want to
1: and I want to thank you for being here today I want to thank our listeners I want to thank Mark and I want to remind people to live life unleashed and I want to tell our listeners check out some of our other guest hosts we have a lot of really great wonderful shows that we have here And thank you again, doctor, and have a great new year.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.